Good morning here in person. Good morning on the live stream. We're going to finish our series of Don't Lose Heart today. And uh, Jamie mentioned earlier that we've called today Building Up in a Time of Tearing Down. And thank you, Jamie. Thank you, content team. But I'd like to suggest a few other titles that I think help us understand maybe where we're going and some of the angles from which we can understand this passage even more. And also, uh, I just really enjoyed writing all of these other titles. So let's do that. Building up in a time of tearing down, as we had. If it was a kid's talk, we'd probably call it Let's Get Building. If it was a youth talk, we'd call it Building God's Way. If it was a YouTube preacher, we'd probably call it Building You. If it was a Pentecostal sermon, we'd probably call it Building the You You Were Always Meant to Be. If it was a political title, we'd probably call it Build Back Better. And if it was a series link title, we would probably call it Building to Not lose heart. And I could have used any of those. But instead of a play on the word with build, I've decided to go for a holy 360. Now, maybe for some of you, like us here on staff at HTC, it's annual appraisal time. And as part of our annual appraisals this year, we've been doing 360s where you get people who work uh, with you, who uh, manage you, who work alongside you, or who you manage to feed back to you about your professional practice, about the way that you conduct yourself at work, about the good things and maybe the things that might need uh, a little bit of work. And... um, I had the privilege of being able to write some for other people on staff, quite a few in the end it happened to be. And what actually I took away is the main thing, and I, and I say this because I want this to be the main thing we take away from our Holy 360 and also the main kind of posture of our heart as we enter into it, was that I was just really encouraged by how much good stuff there was to say. I was encouraged by the people that I work alongside. I was encouraged by the way that um, we as a team are wanting to see every life bearing fruit for Jesus, and people are bringing so many different skills to that. And as we look back, as we look in, as we look across, as we look up, and as we look down, or God looks down on us with some stuff that he gives to us, I want to encourage all of us this morning as we come to this, at this thing of examining ourselves, that actually what the posture of our heart should be is to be encouraged. Will there be challenge? I hope so. Will there be stuff that Holy Spirit lays on our hearts and says, hey, I'm talking to you here, and I'd like you to to think about how you can change in that. I I hope there'll be that as well. But the overwhelming sense of what I felt from my 360 here professionally, and what I want us to think about as we look at a holy 360 in this passage, is that we we come away encouraged and built up. Paul says in this passage, the authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not tearing you down. Uh, And my heart this morning, and I think the heart of this passage, is that we will be built up individually and as a church and not torn down. But the the first thing that the enemy is going to want to do is to condemn, is to say, you are not okay, this is not okay. And whereas there may be things in our lives that are in fact not okay, and we'll look at how Paul was saying that to the church uh, here, actually the posture of our heart should be, God, what are you trying to encourage out of me in the way that I live as I leave here or as I leave my lounge if you're on the live stream. But in introduction, so Paul His heart is breaking for this church. He's worried about it. This is a letter hoping that they will change. Um, It's the second time he's saying these things. He's about to visit them for the third time. He's saying you can't hide from God. He will be the judge. And it's hard to believe that this is the same church that we hear described earlier in the book as one that is really gifted and talented. But actually there's been some wicked practices that have invaded this church and the congregation and they are starting to act in a way and have been for a while that is, that is not okay. And so Paul's coming in pretty hot. 
He's coming in wanting to say this is not all right, there needs to be change. And Paul is on his way, like I say, for a third visit, and he is not sure what he's going to find. He's actually not very hopeful about what he's going to find. And it made me think about with the promise of a vaccine around the corner and with this still not being exactly how we normally do church, but the promise of how it looked before starting to come back. How will we find HTC? How will we find one another? How will we find us as a church? Will we have grown in this time? Will we have grown personally? Will we have grown corporately? Will there be things that we need to have a real long, hard look at and say, why were we never doing some of that stuff before or whatever it might be? And so it made me think as, as we look today, actually, there's a personal commitment here to a corporate goal of saying, I want to live for Jesus individually, and I want to be part of a church that is living for Jesus in everything that it does. And if that's the posture of our heart today, then what can happen tomorrow is, is amazing because it is all about what God can do and not about what we can. So let's start our 360 by looking back. Um, as the first part of the 360, I made this uh, emoji man, which is fun. And um, this part of the 360, it's, it's to discover what Jesus wants to speak to us about from what has already happened. And there's a safety in this because it's not about us, it's about Jesus. But some of the verses before the passage that were so well read for us this morning say stuff like, have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? Paul is saying, I'm here to enrich you, not to condemn you, not to try and get you to pass blame to somebody else. Lots of the church were saying that Paul was just kind of going off on one. And actually he's saying, this is about you and God and I want to point you to that. Don't try and blame me for your wrongdoing. Like I say, he, we know that he's coming for a third visit. So we know that there's a backstory to this church here. We know that uh, th this church has been told some of these things before. We also know that they've succeeded in the past. But in 12 verse 20, the bit just before our passage today, it says um, that, there was, that he fears that there's going to be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. Not great, huh? Not lots of amazing kind of things being said there. And he's reached out before and it's, and it's one where real change is needed. So what is it, what's the out for these people? And what I suppose is when we maybe identify with some of those things in those verses, or we know that there's things in our own last year or last little while that we're going, actually, I know that I need to bring that before Jesus. What's our out? How do we look back well? Well, action points, as a professional 360 would put it, are all about being able to see what has gone before and decide what it is that you want to do next because of all of that stuff. It's taking maybe a negative and making it a, a positive. It's being deliberate about examining what has happened. But what is the way that we approach this without getting overwhelmed? Because I'm aware that I'm starting very much here in almost a condemnation place, which is why I wanted to start by saying I want us to be encouraged. It's still the posture of our hearts. The verse before um, our, our passage today is verse 4, and it says, For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power we will live with him in our dealing with you. Paul, as he often does throughout Scripture, points to weakness, recognizing where strength and power comes from. In our Holy 360, it's important that we look back, not as a guilt trip, but to look forward with purpose, to move forward in a fresh way, where are the gifts that you've neglected in this season? Practices that you've fallen out of? Where may there be repentance needed? But you see, strength and weakness, it gives us hope. They were in a bad way, but later on it talks about them being fully restored, and so can we. 
Tim said last week about weakness, it's being totally reliant on a perfect God. Jesus is worthy, and in his grace, he gives us strength when we are weak, and we turn to him in the humility of prayer. To build up ourselves and to build up God's church, we look back to learn, not to revel and stay stuck there. So we look back, but there's another part to the back thing, which is to do with examining. And that's the first verse of today's passage. Are we going to look back to learn and, and move forward or stay stuck there? That's the question I want us to ask ourselves. Verse 5 says this. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. This is an individual and a corporate thing. It's not just on our own. It's, it's with one another as well as a church. Looking at the good as well as what needs to change. So we've looked back and we've said maybe there's some stuff that I want to say sorry and God I want to... I want to go on again, and I can still get the most out of 2020, but I, I, dare to, I dare to say, and I think that this is true for so many of us, that actually more what we found in this season as we've looked back and put it before Jesus, if we've seen what he has been doing in our lives and not maybe where we have failed. And there's, and there's this thing of, say, um, trusting God in a, in a season which we're still really in where it's difficult to know exactly what's going to happen next. I don't know about you, but I've stopped being able to rely on a whole load of the things that I used to rely on without even realizing it. And I've had to look to God and say, I don't know what's going to happen next week, next month, next year, but I trust you. He's been building muscles of trust in me, and, I, and I'm sure in, in so many of us in this season. What about dependence? Uh, as a church, who would have known that we would have had a daily prayer meeting with a whole bunch of people joining together to be dependent on God with HTC Daily on Zoom? And that's still carrying on now, and it's, I think, a part of the identity of what this church is. We have a foundation on prayer. But what muscles is God building in that? He's building a muscle of dependence. This is not about you. This is about me and what I can do. Are you willing to be, as an individual and corporately obedient to me? I wonder what muscles God has been building in you as you look back, as you do this Holy 360 at the end of this series, but also as we kind of begin to think about life going back to normal a little bit. What muscles has he, he been building that you can continue to strengthen? Learning rhythms with my family has been a big one for me as well. It's been a joy to be able to have lunch and dinner every day. And I think what it's highlighted to me is how often I wasn't doing that before. And a lot of the time, that's, that's life and that's work and that's okay. But I think it's good that we use this season where maybe some of us have been able to step back to reassess what the patterns of our life are. So we look back in order to move forward better. And the next thing, and this is probably maybe the uncomfortable one sometimes, I know that it has been for me, is looking in. Looking in at our own hearts and being honest. Examine themselves. Are we, it's like a spiritual MOT to look at what is good or tired or worn out or needing refreshing. A growing awareness of Christ's power and presence in our lives. We only sometimes see that when we stop to examine. Have you looked in recently? Or has it been which is the next present that I need to buy or the busyness of Christmas or the busyness of life or, oh, I can, like, I'm not in lockdown anymore, so let's do all the things like have a haircut. Thank you. Um, that, that was a joke. <laughs> Carrying on. But uh, the verse that I wanted to look at with this mainly is, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? I was speaking to one of our wonderful young people this week who said that they'd come to a new revelation about this, of Jesus being in them. And... They were saying, you know, I've realized that it should change everything. Every time I come to a new decision that I have to make or a way that I might be around somebody else, it, it, it should change everything. And, and they're right. 
knowing Christ in us, as we look in and see Jesus, which is what we are promised as Christians, is that Jesus comes to live in us and work through us. If we look in and see him, it guards us against apathy. It guards us against lukewarm Christianity. It guards us against whatever the things that we should be running away from are, and it helps us to focus on the things that Jesus wants to do in and through our lives. And we have this exchange in verses 6, 7, and 8, where essentially Paul is kind of worried that they're going to have failed the test, and he's praying for them, and he's saying you can't do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. He's encouraging them to do what is right. But actually, we look in, in this holy 360, to allow God to shape us, but also to remind ourselves of our identity, that Christ Jesus lives in me, and therefore we can say about ourselves that we are God's workmanship, created to do good works. We can say that we are significant, that we are accepted by God, that we can be secure in who he has made us. Part of the actions from my 360 was to be more comfortable in my own skin, to not try and feel like I needed to prove myself, and those kind of things, and that can't just be me. There's always going to be insecurities in our lives where we feel like we need to do in order to be loved, and actually, the, the the truth of the gospel is that it is not due, it's done, and that Jesus has done everything for us to be able to have a relationship with God, and it's not about what we bring. The passage goes on with a sense of building up even more. We, we look in to find Jesus, strength in weakness. We discover that we are strong, not because of what we are or can do, but because of Jesus in us. It goes on to say that we may be fully restored, building you up, not tearing you down. So we look back, we look in, and now in this holy 360, we're caused also to look up. Gosh, if it's not about me, maybe I can do it. Maybe it is possible to live for Jesus with everything, to be found after this season better as an individual and better as a church than we went into it. So I can know strength and weakness, Restoration, built up, not torn down. Brothers and sisters, there's only one response as we realize all of those things. And it says it in our passage, and that's to rejoice. To rejoice. A holy 360 looks up to a God who deserves our praise and thanks. To rejoice in all that he's done, and all that he's doing, and all that he's going to do through us. But where are you looking today? What is your confession? What are you speaking over your own life and which voice are you letting speak to you? Verse 11 continues and carries on the process. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. You know, it's hard to keep anger and resentment when we say thank you to God, either towards him or about somebody else. It's It's a posture change in our hearts. That's why the psalmist tells us to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise is because it it brings us to a place where we are in the right relationship with, with God. But it also brings us ready to face challenge and ready to hear true encouragement and to take it to heart and not just brush it off as the, thank you, yes, stop being complimentary now. And that leads us to our next part, which is a cross. We're not meant to do any of this alone. Brothers and sisters, encourage one another. This season has taught me the value in real and deep friendships, ones that go beyond the hi, how are you, to the how are you actually doing. You know, I'm blessed to have friends who fed into my 360 at work, and in the context of a holy 360, it's almost even more important, because we're never meant to do this walk alone. 
So who are you building with? Who are you walking alongside? It's, it's this thing of building up. You know, you don't get the good out of this verse 11 without being willing to challenge, to convict, to, you don't get the good out of encourage one another if you ignore the difficulties in a friend of yours' life or you ignore the difficulties in your own and you don't give anyone permission to speak into your life. You'll, you'll probably not notice for a while, but actually there won't be growth there. To gloss over the problem areas is too easy when we don't let people in. Verse 5 is examine yourselves. It's plural. It's alongside one another. Paul is calling it out of this church, and I think he'd call it out of you and I as well. The verse 12, verse 20 we looked at earlier, this, the, we see these lists in Scripture sometimes, and we say, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing most of those okay, but actually I recognize in my own life jealousy or rage or whatever it might be, those things that we looked at earlier and we need support with those we need people to be calling us out when we're failing in them we need people to be encouraging us to go in the opposite direction real accountability real christian friendship has a desire to build up and not tear down at its core it's a friendship that encourages quickly corrects from love and sends somebody out ready to live with and for jesus well how do you find somebody like that well be one be willing to be found for someone else. And, and be honest with those people in your connect group, those people that you've walked alongside for a long time. Seek out friendship in church, friendship that you know will point you back to Jesus, the main point. The only point that really matters is being pointed back to Jesus. I've had the privilege of being in accountability friendship with somebody since we were 12 and 13 years old, more than half of both of our lives. And there's been a lot of times where it's just been encouragement. But there's been the occasional time where he's had to say to me, hey, that attitude that you have about that person, it's not okay. And that's, and that's real friendship. Are you willing to be honest with one another? Because how will we be found when we come back? And from this series, there's been so many gems of wisdom going through this series. And we need people to remind us of what it is that we've been challenged about as a church as we've decided that how do we not lose heart? We, we looked at comfort week one by relying on God and not on ourselves. Do we challenge each other to rely on God and not on all the many things that we can rely on in our world? We looked at promise in uncertainty. Do we remind each other that the Holy Spirit is in us and lives with us and is helping us to, to do all that we do, that we are the aroma of Christ? Are we sending each other out to be that, that we're treasures in jar of clay? Do we remind each other of this amazing truth that we know and have, that Jesus lives in us, and it's not just for us, but it's for those around us? Do we have people who remind us that and send us out, that we're ministers of reconciliation? Do we have people to affirm our callings, to help us discern them, and to send us out blessed and walk alongside us in what it is that God has called us to do individually, but also as a church? Faithfulness. Imagine if we had people in our lives who would be deliberate about saying, go after holiness, go after justice. Don't just pick one, go after both because the Holy Spirit sends us out to do both. What about if somebody actually challenges us about the way that we spend our money? The awkward one. We talked about money a few weeks ago and I'd encourage you that good friendships talk about those things. And then being made perfect in weakness. that We've already spoken about a bit today. Paul was coming to find a church not hopeful, really, that he'd find one worth talking about. He's sending all the encouragement and the challenge that they need to have this turnaround moment. And so for us, together, why do we not lose heart? It's Jesus. 
We look back, we look in, we look up, we look across. And this leads us to our final part of our 360, or, or down. And it's what comes down to us. What is the promised deposit? Well, first in these verses we have, and the God of love and peace will be with you. God with us. Uh, an, uh, an important message for this season of Christmas, one of good news of great joy, one worth sharing. Verse 14 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, familiar words to many of us, I'm sure, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You know, this, this book and starts and ends with grace. It's bookmarked by grace and an invitation to community to be comfortable in who God has made me and who God has made you. The whole idea of done, not do. Loved to love. Secure, significant, accepted, ready to live for Jesus. These letters that Paul writes to this church are bookmarked by unity, by the Trinity. This letter finishes where it all began with grace. The, the grace that we can only find in Jesus. Grace that drives us to desire relationship with the one true living God. A grace that Paul and for us here today, I hope will compel us to examine ourselves, to be people quick to encourage and build up and not tear down. How do we wrap up a series of don't lose heart? by encouraging each other that it's about Jesus and not about us, that every time we look at Jesus, we have everything that we need. The place that we shoot to build from and not tear ourselves down is grace. How are we gonna find each other? Who are we listening to? Who are we letting in? The Trinity is not used loads in scripture, so it's worth noting what it is. It's in the Great Commission, it's I think Angel Gabriel, when Jesus is baptized. And so there's something of magnitude that Paul is trying to do here at the end of this letter because the Trinity it draws in, the Trinity it sends out, the Trinity it comes alongside, the, it builds up. The Trinity is a picture of community and with the promise of a vaccine around the corner and a sense of normality maybe able to resume now, what kind of church will we find when we come back? And what part of the church will you play? And will I play? Will we be more compassionate? Will we be more convicted by the truth? Are we willing to do the uncomfortable and look around? To look back? To look in? To look up? To look across? And to be open to God looking down on us and sending his many blessings on us? Willing to believe that he really loves you? Chose you? Wants to release you? Why don't we lose heart? Jesus, how can we keep going? Jesus. You've come to the wrong church if you want any other answer other than Jesus. I looked, it's, it's Jesus. And this is how we move forward. You know, a work 360 helps us to move on professionally. But this type of 360 helps us to move forward in our walk with Jesus, knowing who we are and stepping into all that he has called us to do.